Welcome to Strange Talk. Hello, strangers, and welcome to the first episode of the year 2019 of Strange Talk. Um, I hope you guys had a great holiday, great Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate. I hope you guys enjoyed it and you got what you wanted. If not, that means you're a bad, bad little boy or girl. <sighs> Hopefully you didn't get a visit for Krampus or Crumpus, whatever the fuck he says his name. Crump is it Crumpus? I think it is Crumpus. Crumpus. Getting Crumpus. Anyways, so without further ado, this episode is going to be all about experiments and some of the most evil experiments the U.S. government has conducted on humans. Um, so sit back, relax, smoke a fatty if you have one, sip that yak, and just relax, because we're about to, you know, dive into some pretty fucked up shit that the U.S. government has done, and I'm pretty sure, having done the research on this, I'm pretty sure I'm on a watch list of some sort, but who cares? So the first experiment I'm going to be discussing is mind control and child abuse. Uh, you're pretty much familiar with this if you've listened to my previous episode from, I guess I can say it now, from last year, which is the Pizzagate and Elsagate scandal. Um, this is the Project Project MK Ultra, also known as Subproject 68. So this stuff, this is the stuff of nightmares. The CIA-run Project MK Ultra paid Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron for Subproject 68, also known as experiments involving mind-altering substances. The entire goal of the project was to look into the methods of influencing and controlling the mind and extracting information from resisting minds. In order to accomplish this, the doctor took patients admitted to his Allen Memorial Institute in Montreal, mostly for issues like bipolar depression and anxiety disorders, and conducted therapy on them. The treatment they received was life-altering and scarring. Between 1957 and 1964, Cameron was paid to administer electroconvulsive therapy at 30 to 40 times the normal power. He would put patients into a drug-induced coma for months on end and playback tapes of simple statements or repetitive noises over and over and over again. The victims forgot how to talk. They even forgot about their parents and suffered serious amnesia. All of this was performed on Canadian citizens because the CIA wasn't willing to risk such operations on Americans. I know, I know I said in the beginning of this episode, I'll get to the different experiments that they actually did conduct on U.S. citizens, but this one happened to be in Canada. Not Canada, but Canada. Um, <clears throat> to ensure the project remained funded, Cameron, in one scheme, took his experiments upon admitted children and in one situation had filmed the child engaging in sex with high-ranking government officials. He and other MK Ultra officers blackmailed the officials to ensure more funding. So that's basically the start of MK Ultra. Um, during my research, what I didn't find, but I found in other um, articles, was that they one of the drugs that they used was LSD. LSD was like the super number one drug that they used because they felt 
the CIA and the government were, you know, working together hand in hand because they believed that LSD was the key to actually manipulating people. And I forgot who I'm, I can't think off the top of my head right now, but I'm pretty sure a lot of cults actually use LSD to basically try to go into the mind. So to be honest with you, I can't say, (laughs) I can't say offhand because I've never been in a cult. Um, but a lot of cults do use LSD as a way to manipulate its followers, their followers and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be too surprised if LSD is the one drug to actually manipulate people. So on to the next experiment. Mustard gas tested on involuntary soldiers. As bioweapon research intensified in the 1940s, officials also began testing its repercussions, and defenses on the army itself in order to test the effectiveness of various bioweapons. Officials were known to have sprayed mustard gas and other skin-burning, lung-ruining chemicals like lewisite on soldiers without their consent or knowledge of the experiment happening to them. Upon contact with the skin, this would cause extreme pain, itching, and swelling reminiscent of severe chemical burns. They also tested the effectiveness of gas mask and protective clothing by locking soldiers in a gas chamber and exposing them to mustard gas and lewisite, mimicking the gas chambers of Nazi Germany. It was also rumored that along with the soldiers, patients at VA hospitals were being used as guinea pigs for medical experiments involving biowarfare chemicals. I felt like I said that weird. Biowarfare chemicals but that all experiments were changed to be known as observations. You can't see me, but I'm using air quotes to ward off suspicions. So that's the short one. one. That, but they were actually doing this to the U.S. Army. They were doing it to soldiers of war um, because the VA hospitals were basically using people who suffered injuries during World War II, and they were experimenting on our own soldiers saying that they were just clearly observations. So this one's also from World War II. It's the U.S. grants immunity to involuntary surgery monster. So as head of Japan's infamous unit 731, a covert biological and chemical warfare research and development unit of the Imperial Japanese Army during World War II, Dr. Shiro Ishii, carried out violent human experimentation on tens of thousands during the Second Sino-Japanese War and World War II. Ishii was responsible for testing vivisection techniques without any anesthesia on human prisoners. Vivisection is the act of conducting experimental surgery on living creatures with central nervousness and examining their insides for scientific purposes. So basically, he was giving unnecessary surgery to prisoners by opening them up, keeping them alive, and not using any anesthetic whatsoever. So they felt everything. So every cut, every nick, him pulling out the intestines, experimenting, and, and touching them, he, they felt every single one of that. So you can't imagine the agonizing pain they must have endured and felt because he did not use any anesthetics whatsoever. During these experiments, he would force pregnant women to abort their babies. He also subjected the prisoners to change in psychological conditions and inducing strokes, 
heart attacks, frostbite, and hypothermia. Ishii considered these subjects logs. Again, you can't see me, but I'm using air quotes. <laughs> Following imminent defeat in 1945, Japan blew up the Unity 731 complex, and Ishii ordered all the remaining logs to be executed. So again, this, the patients are considered logs. He executed every single one. Basically, he wanted to lose, like, he just wanted to make sure that nothing exists. Like, nothing of what he was doing existed. Not soon after, Ishii was arrested. Then the respected General Douglas MacArthur allegedly struck a deal with Ishii. If the U.S. granted Ishii immunity, he must exchange all germ warfare data based on human experimentation. Now, I know, now I know with this experiment, it was done by the Japanese, but the fact that because... America, us, after we won World War II. And I'll, I'll go into another experiment, too, that was conducted by German Nazi soldiers during World War II to the Jewish people that they had in their encampments and the concentration camps. But the reason why it's so sickening is because maybe, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Maybe it's because in the U.S. government's eyes... <sighs> Maybe they're trying to do, like, I guess the whole greater good thing. Because in the article I read, they go on to say that they chose to, you know, give him, grant him immunity because the information that Ishii, Dr. Shiro Ishii, gathered was vital to learning about the effects that the chemicals have on people. So that way, if they ever go to war again, they know what to expect and possibly ways to prevent it, which I guess makes sense. But the fact that they still didn't do anything to this guy and they granted him immunity and he lived out the rest of his life in America. Um, I don't know exactly where he lived. I couldn't find any information on that. But Dr. Shiro Ishii changed his name and he was able to live out the rest of his life in America. And I believe I found one article. I couldn't find any other evidence that could back that claim up. But one article that I did find on Dr. Shiro Ishii is that he changed his name and he actually still became a doctor. And he was working alongside the government conducting other experiments too. But I couldn't really find anything else to back that up. <sighs> Man, just getting into it and it's just already crazy a little bit for me. Plus, I feel like I'm talking too fast. And other people have told me before that I tend to talk too fast, but I'm a fast talking, fast walking kind of guy. So the next experiment is deadly chemical sprays on American citizens. Now, this isn't the same as chemtrails. I guess you could say that they kind of go hand in hand. It could possibly be related to chemtrails, but in the article that I found and my research that I found, I didn't really they didn't really specify whether they go hand in hand, but I wouldn't be too surprised if they did because that is how they did what they did in this experiment that I'm about to talk talk about. Showing once again that the US always tends to test out worst case scenarios by getting to them first, the army, CIA, and government conducted a series of biochemical warfare simulations upon American cities to see how the effects would play out in the event of an actual chemical attack. They conducted the following airstrikes, naval attacks. The CIA released 
a whooping cough virus on Tampa Bay using boats and so caused the whooping cough epidemic and 12 people died because of it. The Navy sprayed San Francisco with bacterial pathogens and in consequence, many citizens developed pneumonia because of it. Upon Savannah, Georgia, and Avon Park, Florida, the Army released millions of mosquitoes in the hopes they would spread yellow fever and, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this word right, but dengue? It's D-E-N-G-U-E. Dengue. Fever. The swarm left Americans struggling with fevers, typhoid, typhoid, respiratory problems, and the worst, stillborn children. And this is what they did to its own people, just to conduct an experiment to see. So that's why, the, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, it's called The Crazies. I love that movie. I, I know it didn't really do that well in theaters, but I fucking enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. There were some parts that I thought were stupid in the movie, <laughs> like that scene where um, they're in the car and there's a helicopter chasing them. And so to escape the helicopter, they take refuge in a car wash. <laughs> And there's people that work at the car wash that are there and they pop out of nowhere and they start attacking them. And one of them breaks the window and he reverses the main character reverses. And there's a young girl in the back seat. And what, as he's reversing, like they think they lost the guy that's reversed because they break and they, the guy goes flying, but there's two of them. But I guess because during the moment, the audience members supposed to forget about it. But anyways, so the guy backs up and he keeps driving away. But then all of a sudden you see the second guy pop up and he makes like a ah, noise and he like wraps like a cord around the girl's neck and it like chokes her out and they drive away. And like one of the girls just screaming like, Oh my God. But yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that movie. I liked it because it's not that far from the truth. Um, because, I mean, America has done shit like that. Because the way, the basically in that movie, to explain it if you've never seen it, there's an experiment that's conducted, but it wasn't that they wanted to do it to the American citizens. It just so be that they were transporting the chemical that causes people to go crazy because they conducted a new uh, biochemical agent that just basically makes people like super psychotic and uh, just want to kill everybody. And the plane that's transporting it accidentally crashes and it falls into the lake and the lake is where they get their water source from and their water is basically the water is infected and that's how it spreads. So I'm sorry if I spoiled it for you, but that movie came out fucking years ago. That's your own fault. You should have seen it. Anyways, back to the article. Even worse was that after the swarm, the army came in disguise as public health workers. Their secret intention the entire time, they were giving aid to the victim's was, study, was to study and chart out the long-term effects of all the illnesses the public was suffering. So that's kind of that's kind of scary because it just shows how powerful the U.S. government can be. Where, and a lot of people, and especially now with social media, I feel like they could just spin it any way they like and people will believe it. And the people who don't believe it and take it at face value and question it, are seemed like the crazy ones. So here's another one that the U S did, but it actually, um, was done to, you know, it was an experiment conducted in Guatemala in the 1940s with penicillin as an established cure for syphilis. The U S decided to test out its effectiveness on Guatemalan citizens. 
To do this, they used infected prostitutes and let them loose on unknowing unknowing prison inmates, insane asylum patients, and soldiers. When spreading the disease through prostitution, um, I'm sorry, when spreading the disease, though prostitution didn't work as well as they hoped, they instead went for the inhalation route. Researchers poured syphilis bacteria onto men's penises and on their forearms and faces. In some cases, they even inculated the men through spinal punctures. After all the infections were transmitted, researchers then gave most of the subjects treatment, although as many as one of three of them could have been left untreated. Even if that was the intention of the study in the first place. On October 1st, 2010, Hillary Clinton apologized for the events, and new research has gone on to see if anyone affected is still alive and afflicted with syphilis. Since many subjects never got penicillin, it's possible and likely that someone spread it to future generations. So this next experiment is the secret human experiments to test the effects of the atomic bomb. While testing out and trying to harness the power of the atomic bomb, U.S. scientists also secretly tested the bomb's effects on humans during the Manhattan Project, which gave way to the atomic bomb that destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. U.S. scientists resorted to secret human testing via plutonium injection on 18 unsuspecting, non-consenting patients. This included injecting soldiers with micrograms of plutonium for Project Oak Ridge along with with later injecting three patients at a Chicago hospital. Imagine you're an admitted patient, helpless in a hospital bed, assuming that nothing is wrong when the government suddenly appears and puts weapons-grade plutonium in your blood. Out of the 18 patients, who were known only by their codenames and numbers at the time, only five lived longer than 20 years after the injection. Hey, that's, that's pretty good, though. It's a pretty good run. <laughs> Along with plutonium, researchers also had fun with uranium. At a Massachusetts hospital between 1946 and 1947, Dr. William Sweet injected 11 patients with uranium. He was funded by the Manhattan Project, and in exchange for the uranium he received from the government, he would keep dead tissue from the body of the people he killed for scientific analysis on the effects of uranium exposure. Now, this next one, um, I posted about it and I talked about it when I announced the episode that was coming. So again, I'm going to plug my my social media. But if you're not following me on Instagram at Strange Talk Podcast, you have no clue about what's coming next. You have no idea about future episodes. So if you're new, you know, and you're starting 2019, just Fresh off my podcast. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> Welcome to Strange Talk. Anyways, um, but I already showed a clip of the documentary that that video came from. Um, the documentary is The Effects of Agent Orange. I believe it was done by the BBC. I could be completely wrong. But uh, this experiment was conducted during and after the Vietnam War. <sighs> so those poor little children that you could see in the video that I posted on my Instagram was taken from that documentary. I left the sound out because of copyright issues and whatnot. I don't want to get, you know, taken down right away. But 
So let's get into let's get into the experiment. So okay, so the above video was disturbing. Well, the video that I had posted on my Instagram, but it is the reality of what Americans used as biological warfare during Vietnam and what we as Americans voluntarily injected into people for testing purposes with the help of a very popular American company. And you'll find out that American company and you'll probably be surprised. And to give a sort of a hint, if you have children, you'll probably not want to use their products any longer. Well, he received funding from Agent Orange, producer Don Dow Chemical Company. I'm sorry. Well, he received funding from Agent Orange, producer Dow Chemical Company, the U.S. Army and Johnson & Johnson. Yes, Johnson & Johnson, the one who makes No Tears Shampoo. Dr. Albert Kingman used prisoners as subjects in what was deemed dermatological research. The dermatology aspect was testing out product, um, testing out the product of the effects of Agent Orange on the skin for the effects Agent Orange had on the Vietnamese during the Vietnam War. Needless to say, the injecting of or exposure to dioxidin is beyond monstrous to voluntarily do to any human. Klingman, though, injected dioxidin a main component of Agent Orange, into the prisoners to study its effects. What did happen was that the prisoners developed an eruption of chloracne. Yeah, I'm saying that right. I think chloracne. Chloracne. Um, sorry. So, I mean, if you're new to this podcast, I'm not very super professional, <laughs> especially with my pronunciations. All that stuff from high school combined with blackheads and cysts and pustules that looked just like kind of what you saw in the video if you did see it. So if you haven't seen it and you're curious, as you're listening to this episode, go ahead and hop on to Instagram and type in at Strange Talk Podcast so you can see the video so you know exactly what the children look like because there's one child whose eyes are bulging out of its head because the the cyst that's growing in the top of his head is massive and it's actually very disturbing to look at and I might heart kind of breaks for that child but um basically they developed it on their cheeks and behind their ears armpits and on the groin yes on their groin Klingman was rumored to have injected 468 times the amount he was authorized to documentation of that effect has wisely not been disturbed i mean distributed <laughs> the army oversaw while Klingman continued to test out skin-burning chemicals to, in their words, again, you can't see me, but I'm using air quotes, learn how the skin protects itself against chronic assault from toxic chemicals. The so-called hardening process, and to test out many products whose effects were unknown at the time, but with the intent of figuring that out. During these proceedings, Klingman was reported to have said, all I saw before me were acres of skin. It was like a farmer seeing a fertile field for the first time. Using that analogy, it's easy to see how he could plow straight through so many human subjects without an ounce of sympathy. So basically what he did to these poor children was inject them with the chemical known at the time as Agent Orange, which had a very proponent and harmful chemical 
dioxidin. And as if you haven't seen that video yet, that's basically what it was doing to these children. It's pretty, pretty fucked up. So this one, if you haven't heard of this experiment, it wasn't really an experiment, but it was an op operation conducted by the U.S. government. So following World War II, the U.S. government covertly instituted Operation Paperclip, a program of the Office of Strategic Services, also known as OSS, in which over 1,500 German scientists, technicians, and engineers from Nazi Germany and other foreign countries were brought to the United States for employment. They did this in part to keep German scientific expertise and knowledge from the Soviet Union and the United Kingdom, and to keep post-war Germany from redeveloping its military research capabilities. The U.S. government bleached the scientists of their Nazi ties, removing and or destroying any documents or records tying them to the party. Evacuations netted the U.S. government an estimated 1,800 technicians and scientists along with 3,700 family members. Any who had special skills or knowledge were taken to detention and interrogation centers to be held and interrogated, sometimes for months at a time. Some were then transported to villages without research facilities or work and forced to report twice weekly to police headquarters to prevent them from leaving. A Joint Chiefs of Staff directive stated that the scientists should only be released after all interested agencies were satisfied that all desired intelligence information had been attained from them. So to sum it up in a nutshell, Operation Paperclip was conducted by the U.S. government to seek out all, almost all, if they weren't killed during you know war or if they didn't kill themselves because they thought, because during that time when, the Germ when Germany was defeated during World War II and basically they were automatically assumed to be prisoners. You know, they were war criminals, essentially, from all the atrocities that they conducted. Um, some of them, I believe, did kill themselves because, you know, they didn't want to face the consequences of, you know, what they did. They didn't want to go to jail. So basically what happened was the people who, the, the um, U.S. soldiers and army and the Marines were able to capture they were brought back and extradited to the U.S. And the government spoke to them. You know, I really don't know how it is. I mean, I the first thing I think about is like movies. Like I could just imagine like sitting in a room with like a fucking light in their face. And the German guy's like, what am I doing here? Uh, and then the fucking U.S. man, like CIA government dude is just like, you know, we want to work with you. We just don't want your, you know, shit to fall in the wrong hands. I don't imagine why he speaks like this, but I kind of imagine he does. But the German guy is just, he's on easy street. Um, because I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Inglorious Bastards, but that scene when, um, what's his name? Fuck. He's so awesome. in That movie. He's played by Christopher Waltz. Um, the main German guy that, that they call the Jew hunter. I fucking love that movie, but he, that scene where he's, making the deal that's not like again that's not too far from the truth of what actually happened especially under operation paperclip they brought a lot of the technicians like i said and they took all their information that from all the horrible experiments that they conducted on jewish people that were in these concentration camps during world war ii and they kept all the information not only to use it so that way they know what they did 
but to see what came of it. And it's kind of sickening. But then again, one could argue that it's for the greater good and to play devil's advocate, they're doing it for a purpose. So that way the enemies couldn't retain the information. So this one is again in a foreign country, not a foreign country. Well, is it considered a foreign country? No, because I mean, maybe not at the time, but Puerto Rico, this happened in Puerto Rico. It's now considered part of the U.S. of A. So in 1931, Dr. Cornelius Rhodes was sponsored by the Rockefeller Institute to conduct experiments in Puerto Rico. He infected Puerto Rican citizens with cancer cells, presumably to study the effects. 13 of them died. What's most striking is that the accusations stem from a note he allegedly wrote. And the note says this, the Puerto Ricans, the sick Puerto Ricans actually, are the dirtiest, laziest, most dejected. This is not me saying it. Again, this is, this is coming from his letter, so it's not me. <laughs> are the dirtiest, laziest, most degenerate, and thievish race of men ever to inhabit this sphere. I have done my best to further the process of extermination by killing off eight and transplanting cancer into several more. All physicians take delight in the abuse and torture of the unfortunate subjects. Again, that's his letter. That's not me. I personally don't feel like I feel like Puerto Ricans are awesome. If I have any Puerto Rico Puerto Ricans that listen to this, stay awesome. <laughs> Again, that's not me. That is Dr. Cornelius Rhodes. A man that seems to be hell-bent on killing Puerto Rico through a cancer infestation would not seem a suitable candidate to be elected by the U.S. to be in charge of chemical warfare projects and receive a seat on the United States Atomic Energy Commission, right? But that's exactly what happened. He also became vice president of the American Cancer Society. Any shocking documentation that would have happened during his chemical warfare period would probably and most likely have been destroyed by now. So that's what Dr. Cornelius Rhodes did. Cornelius Rhodes. I don't know why I kind of like the name Cornelius. Anyways, uh, so here is this experiment. Pentagon treats black cancer patients with extreme radiation. In the 60s, the Department of Defense performed a series of irradiation experiments on non-consenting poor African-American cancer patients. They were told they would be receiving treatment, but they weren't told it would be the Pentagon type of treatment, meaning to study the effects of high-level radiation on the human body. To avoid litigation, forms were signed only with initials so that the patients would have no way to get back at the government. In a similar case, Dr. Eugene Sagner, funded by the Defense Atomic Support Agency, conducted the same procedure on the same type of patients. The African Americans received about the same level of radiation as 7,500 x-rays to their chest, which would cause intense pain, vomiting, and bleeding from their nose and ears. At least 20 of the subjects had died. Have you ever wondered if you had what it takes to track down a killer? If so, then why not head over to killertrace.com forward slash trains talk podcast 2088, where you can subscribe to see if you can track down a serial killer. Killer Trace is a monthly subscription based box where you'll receive a case file, crime scene pictures, and evidence for further analysis. What sets Killer Trace apart from similar products is its unique case management system, where you can send and request virtual evidence 
and DNA testing. Even discuss your case with other Killer Trace members to track down the killer. Again, that's KillerTrace.com forward slash Strange Talk Podcast 2088. Use my URL code, which you can find in the episode description. So that's just, it's not a small, like, experiment because it, at least 20 subjects that were, you know, involved in the experiment died. But it just goes to show that still, not still, I mean, who knows? There probably is some type of experiment. To be honest with you, I I do feel like Facebook and social media, for that matter, is basically like a huge experiment project done up by the government maybe when it first came around it was intended to just solely be what it claims to be today but then because we saw how lucrative it is and and the government sees how they could because i don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or if the theory was actually proven to be true but there is a conspiracy out there get your tin get your tin tin foil hat on but there is a conspiracy out there that um Facebook was conducting an, ex- an experiment on its users by way of controlling their emotions, um, anger, sadness. Um, I think those were basically the two main emotions that they were trying to see if they could manipulate their user to feel a certain way. Uh, the conspiracy theory had claimed that what they did was in your feed for your Facebook, you would get nothing if they wanted you to feel happy. They would give you news articles that were happy or they would give you certain posts that were just centered around being happy, whether it was from friends of yours that just post like, oh, today I went to Starbucks and the guy in front of me paid for me. Hashtag awesome. Something stupid like that. Or um, if they wanted you to feel... Actually, anger was one of them too. Um, They... Uh, mainly around like the political spectrum of like, if you're a leftist, they sent you nothing but shit that was happening that the, you know, the right were doing. And that's what the conspiracy theory claimed. And to be honest with you, I kind of believe it because I have a Facebook strange talk is on Facebook. I don't really announce it that much because I don't really use it that much. And everything that I post on my Instagram goes to my Facebook anyways. So I feel like you're pretty much getting the same thing. So there's really no point in telling you, but I do have a Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash strange talk podcast. But um, I, I do feel that because I have a personal Facebook account. And when I do go on there, sometimes I'll go on there if I'm like really bored just to see what's going on. And I, I do get a lot of articles on my feed, news articles that are about like sad stuff or like stuff that's supposed to make me angry. So I just tend to just not use Facebook. I I don't know why I haven't even deleted it. But yeah. But it's just crazy to know that that's what they did. So here's another experiment. This one's called Operation Midnight Climax. Here's a government experiment that when you Google it, it has completely different image results than web results. Operation Midnight Climax involved safe houses in New York and San Francisco built for the sole purpose to study LSD effects on non-consenting individuals, another experiment using LSD. But in order to lure the individuals there, the CIA made them sa- made these safe ugh, made these safe houses <laughs> out to be wait for it brothels. 
Prostitutes on the CIA payroll. Yes, that happened. Lured clients back to the houses. Instead of having sex with them, they dosed them with a number of substances. Most famously, LSD. This also involved extensive use of marijuana. Yes! Um, <laughs> the experiments were monitored behind a two-way mirror. Kind of like a sick, twisted peep show. Furthermore, it's alleged that officials who ran the experiments described them as fun, fun, fun. Where else could a red-blooded American boy lie, kill, cheat, steal, rape, and pillage with the sanction and biting, bidding, I'm sorry, of the all-highest? The most horrifying part was the idea of dosing non-consenting adults with drugs they couldn't possibly know the effects of. Could you imagine, like, that's your job. <laughs> Is the CIA, like, they're behind that two-way mirror? Do you think, like, they started, like, you know, jerking it? <laughs> He's like, well, nobody's watching, you know? Only I am. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but then, then again, they didn't, the brothels, the you know, the brothels, the fucking prostitutes, you know, didn't really have sex with them, but I'm pretty sure there was some that had sex. So here's the next one. It also revolves around the atomic bomb. After unleashing hell upon Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the United States embarked on numerous thermal nuclear bomb tests in the Pacific in response to increased Soviet bomb activity. They were intended to be a secret affair. However, this secret wasn't well kept. Detonated in 1954 over Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands, Castle Bravo was the most powerful nuclear device the U.S. ever set off. What they didn't expect was for the fallout from the blast to inadvertently be blown upwind onto nearby residents of other islands. The suffering included birth defects and radiation sickness. The effects were greater felt in later years when many children whose parents were exposed to the fallout developed thyroid cancer and neoplasms. This created Project 4.1, a study to examine the effects of radiation fallout on human beings. Essentially, it was the latest in a long string of studies where humans act as guinea pigs without giving consent, and a project remembered by the U.S. as a way to gather data that would otherwise be unattainable. The U.S. moral standard that history best remembers is that even though the radiation fallout on the people of the Marshall Islands was an accident, it might as well have been intended. In addition, perhaps as nature's way of adding insult to injury, a Japanese fishing boat was caught in the fallout. The fishermen all fell ill and one died. The Japanese were livid that the U.S. was still affecting them with nuclear devices. And um, so I know it's kind of related, but not necessarily. The only connection that this experiment has with the movie Godzilla is the director and writer of Godzilla got the idea of Godzilla, the original Godzilla that came out in the 50s. He got the idea for the movie Godzilla because of World War II. It was basically a subtext and a message about the nuclear effects that it had on his people and his country. Um, 
and basically Godzilla monster uh, is because I'm a huge fan of Godzilla. I saw the remake. I saw the reboot. Um, I enjoyed them. I don't think they're fucking awesome, but I enjoyed them. Um, I th- the recent one that came out that was actually done by Jap- in Japan. I forgot the name of it. I want to say it's Die Godzilla or Daiju Godzilla, whatever. That one's fucking awesome. The CGI in it is really bad, but it's pretty fucking cool. It's really awesome. I like it. It also has a subtext about like human nature and our just our destructive nature. I like it though. It was really good. So give it a shot if you haven't seen it. But anyways, back to what I was saying. Um, He basically wrote that movie with the message of the nuclear effects it had on his people. And Godzilla is basically the representation of the U.S. Army. How we just went in there and destroy. We destroy what's ever in our path. So there's some, uh, you know, a different perspective for a film that you've probably seen or, you know, if you didn't really know about that. But yeah, I really, I really love, uh, really love Godzilla. I'm looking forward to this remake, the one that stars. Uh, I remember, I can't remember that chick's name. The girl from Stranger Things. She's supposed to be in it. So, anyways, here's to the last and final experiment conducted by the U.S. citizens, and it was conducted once again on African Americans between 1932 and 1972. Researchers recruited 400 black sharecroppers in Tuskegee. Alabama to study the natural progression of syphilis but the scientists never told the men they had syphilis and said they went around believing that they were being treated for bad blood again quotation marks disease as researchers used them to find out the extent of syphilis symptoms and effects in 1947 penicillin became the standard cure for syphilis but along with with along with withholding information about the disease, scientists also forgot, supposedly forgot, to tell their subjects that what they were being treated for had a cure. And so the study continued for nearly 30 more years. Once it was discovered, the backlash to the study was so fierce that President Bill Clinton made a formal apology, stating he was very sorry that the government orchestrated a study that was so racist. Sadly, although horrific, this is one of the more docile, evil human experiments ever conducted by the U.S. government. And that brings us to the end of the U.S. experiments, evil U.S. experiments that was conducted by the U.S. government. And it's a sick, sad world we live in, and who knows? Right now, I could be conducting an experiment on you called Project Podcast. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. But I mean, who knows? Uh, we could all just be part of one crazy fucking experiment. I mean, given what the fact the way Facebook is, Snapchat is, social media probably is an experiment of itself. I mean, we have the technology, we have different things. There is a conspiracy theory out there that, uh, get your tinfoil hat on again, but there is a conspiracy out there that Snapchat is actually just a face recognition algorithm that is basically collecting data for the FBI or CIA, probably both. So they basically have our information. So we ever commit a crime, it's easier for us to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, found guilty of that said crime so it's it's crazy and it's it's a very disturbing world we live in knowing that they have this much power and could easily just destroy anyone or anything without a care in the world 
So thank you for joining me on this episode of Strange Talk Podcast. I hope you guys had an awesome new year. And if you're probably recovering from a hangover still, then god damn, you drank a lot then. Because by the time this episode is out, <laughs> it's already on Monday. But I digress. So uh, stay tuned because uh, this coming up week, this Wednesday, is going to be another uh, Midweek Madness uh what is it this week in crime so if you guys enjoy those you know thank you for listening and thank you for hopefully this new year is going to be awesome i'm going to bring you more content and everything um if you guys have anything at all that you guys want me to cover if you have a news article you want me to talk about in this week in crime feel free to send them to me because i would that would really make my job a little easier. I'm going to be working on Patreon. I have a Patreon set up already. I just haven't unleashed it yet. Um, but I, I have it almost ready. It's almost up and ready. I just haven't determined what exactly I'm going to be setting up for the tier levels. Um, I, I put out a concept for a shirt that I wanted to put out. I went for a minimalist, simplistic, you know, picture i kind of liked it it's uh, if you didn't see it it's the t-shirt was black well technically it was navy a dark navy and it said keep calm and stay strange um i actually had quite a bit of people interested in the shirt um it could have been too because i worded it like as if you're going to receive it for free uh, i will obviously give it out for free um, but <laughs> i do wish that people could buy it i'm not gonna sell it for super expensive it just depends on you know how much the cost of materials and everything it is to make it and everything but uh i did have a few people that were into actually wanting to get a shirt so i will be making shirts i just want i'm going to be testing different concept of logos if you are a graphic designer or you're an artist and you want to you know maybe help me out go ahead and you know dm me on instagram at strange talk podcast or email me at strange talk podcast at outlook.com and you know send me your ideas and i'll i will be more than happy to receive them and send them out to the world and see what people think i'm always looking i'm actually going to be changing my logo too i feel like because it's a new year i want to start off fresh with the new logo i will be unleashing it upon the listeners and the masses soon i just want to you know finalize it and just be clear with it so uh also uh if you haven't yet if you if you enjoy the show you know review it subscribe because reviewing it helps me out a ton if you don't have any money if you don't you know if you still want to help me out in some way help me out by spreading the word of strange talk podcast um on my instagram at strange talk podcast i'm almost at a thousand followers so thank you guys for that um but i'm gonna be having another contest once i reach a thousand followers on there so i don't know what the prize is gonna be yet but i will be having another contest so once i reach a thousand followers so you know spread the word if get people to be into the podcast though and not just solely for the purpose of the contest but once i get to a thousand followers i believe right now i'm standing at 940 um i know followers isn't a big thing it's awesome to me i think it's awesome that i have that many I know that's not really a thing. The thing I'm looking for is just basically the people that download and take the time to enjoy the content that I provide for this show. But thank you for 
I, I know I'm a fucking broken record, but thank you again for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you learned something about this sick fucking world we live in. It's crazy. So as always, stay strange. <laughs>